Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast, Coven. everybody hello how are you Shannon I'm very well how are you going I'm good and I'm really ready for today's episode yes. because it's another wheel of the year it is and it's actually I figured out our like final little piece of it because we started yes. the podcast at winter solstice last year with Tracy and now we have come full circle all the way to Samhain I love this that's pretty exciting and it's a good one. It is. It's my favourite. It's yep. actually, if I had to pick one, it's Samhain. Is, is my, it? Yep. I just love it. I love it, love it, love it. And I guess we're going to find out all the reasons why. Yes. As this episode goes on. Yeah, it's a super special time. Okay. Mm. So it's happening. So today is the 26th of April, but it's happening on Sunday the 30th. So um, this gives you a little bit of time to get prepared. And that's obviously for our southerners. True, yes. Yes, cool. our southern hemisphere listeners because nice. in the north our cousins will be coming into Beltane. Okay, yep. But no matter what side of the globe you're on, it's said that the veil between the worlds is very thin at this time, so it's a great night for divination. So cool. It is. And this one also coincides with the dark moon. Okay. And the new moon in Taurus is the following day. And Taurus is all about the home, environment and family. So I absolutely love the pairing of this energy with Samhain. Yeah. So Samhain is a time of honouring our roots, our ancestors, our loved ones who have passed. And as I said before, we consider it a very special time in our family. Yeah, mm. beautiful. So are they the main themes of Samhain? Yes, so the main themes are remembrance and transformation. Okay. It's the midpoint between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. So traditionally it's also known as the witch's new year. Okay. And the start of the wheel of the year as well. So happy new year to our podcast coven. I love this. Yes. Feels as like there've been um, lots of new years because the ast astrological new year was started when we went into Aries. So that's yes. cool. And then just a short while later, it's the witch's new year. It is. Lovely. It is. Um, so which of the elements are associated with Samhain? Uh, earth and water are the two main elements. Ah, okay. Mm. I thought you were going to say fire. Yeah, no. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Although you do have a bonfire. It's always a good night to have a bonfire. But um, well, you do on everyone. Yeah, don't true you? story. <laughs> true story. Any excuse for a bonfire. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> it's actually a, um, a harvest festival. Okay. So it's about oh, right. preparing for the cold months ahead as well. Okay. So that yeah. makes sense with the earth. Yeah, of it all, yep. I guess. Definitely. And I also will mention um, another name for Samhain is Hallowmas. So that's where you get Halloween from. Yes. Yes. Okay. So our cousins in the north do experience Halloween on the traditional or Hallowmas or Samhain on the traditional 31st of October. But yeah. for us, that's happening 30th of 
April. Yeah. Yes. yes. Just it, to clarify. I know. It, it always like confusing. it's opposite, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it does get confusing. Uh, so when we're looking at colours, what's this, what colours are associated with this festival? We can probably guess. Mm-hmm. Have a guess. Orange? Yes. Black? White? Yes. Yes. Red? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-uh. uh, orange, purple, white, black and gold. Oh, so okay. all those. Purple and Yeah, gold. purple. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why purple? I have no idea. Interesting. Purple. I always picture, when I even read that out, I just pictured like a Halloween outfit, like yeah. a witchy kind of outfit with purple and black and with the purple cloak. Yeah, and, purple cloak. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and like, like nice orange jack o' lanterns. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I got orange and black and yes, white. Straight up. Not mm. red. <laughs> Fair call. Um, and are there crystals that are typical that people could work with at this time? Absolutely. You've got amethyst, black tourmaline, hematite, labradorite, and one of my favourites for this season is bloodstone, which is also known as heliotrope. Yep. So bloodstone doesn't sound very pretty, <laughs> but it's a gorgeous deep green stone with flecks or pockets of red throughout. It's very powerful for grounding and cleansing negative energy. And it's said um, to carry the purity of blood, embodying life and birth, strength and passion, courage and protection. So you can wear or carry a bloodstone as an amulet of protection against threats or bullies, for intuitive guidance on when to retreat and when to have the courage to stand your ground. And it's also known as the mother or goddess stone and it's said to be really helpful for mothers facing issues from birth and aids the bonding process with the baby. That's beautiful. It is. It's a really beautiful stone. And I feel just with that blood connection that it's perfect for Samhain. Yeah. Mm. What foods are good for creating a feast to celebrate with at this time? So you have pumpkin, of course. <laughs> I have one out there, actually. Yay! Yeah, I need a working oven. <laughs> and apples, cider, mulled wine, pomegranates, Ooh. pork, sweet potatoes and turnips. Yeah. So oh. they're like all those warming, roast yep. kind of foods. Like heavy-esque as yeah, well. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Like really hearty. Yep. Yeah. Carby. Mm. Yum. Now I'm hungry. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to plants and essential oils that we can work with? Some of my favourite, actually. You've got cinnamon, mugwort, mullion, rosemary, orange and sandalwood. Ooh. Like delicious. Yeah. Mm. And what are we doing with them are we like creating sprays or obviously we can do whatever we want with them you certainly can do you have a favorite thing to do we can infuse them into your cooking so you could use the cinnamon and rosemary um i always love diffusing yep into my diffuser with the oils of the season but personally um the mugwort i would probably work with that on my altar yep uh even to create like smudging bundles and things like that you can incorporate even like little cinnamon logs yeah. into yep. offerings to go oh, into the fire. Yeah, yeah, there's so many things you could do. Or decorations, they look so pretty as well. Yeah. So. Oh, I like mm. it. I, I like that um, I just threw that extra question in <laughs> for my own good. knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so symbols, what symbols could be used on our altars? The jack-o'-lantern, which I know we've gone into in previous yeah. podcast ep, um, the pentagram and the besom. 
so also known as the witch's broom, which yep. we've covered before as well. Yeah. So you can get a little baby besom. Okay. Mm. And have it out and work with it. And Yeah. I love that. Um, what kinds of celebrations can we participate in? Oh, divination. Yeah. It's the night for divination. So if um, you work with oracle cards, tarot, pendulum, yep, whatever it is, yeah, try to do it on Samhain. And this one might be a bit weird for the majority of our population in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment, but trick-or-treating. Yeah. But that's probably not going to fly down here. <laughs> People will be like, what are you doing? It's not October. <laughs> that's right. Everyone will be like, um, it's not like Glastonbury where everyone knows what's no, going on. <laughs> true story. So, uh, but one of my favourites is creating a beautiful ancestral altar space. Yep. Mm. Yep. So what does that look like for people less familiar with that? So putting out photo frames of your beloved loved ones that have passed um, and try and stretch back as much as you can, even if you have photographs of, you know, great-grandparents and things like that. If there's particular, um, you know, jewellery or crockery or... Items that you Yeah, may different have. items that yep. you have from your family, um, yeah, place them out and yeah. put them on the altar and we will get more into that later on in the episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I've sometimes written names if I haven't had anything but I've like That's heard of them or idea. known of them. I've written names. Yeah, we could even, yeah, I guess family tree. If you've got yeah. a written down family tree, that would be beautiful to have on there as that well. That would be. Mm. can make your own too. Yeah. It's easy, isn't it? It is. Um. And which deities are associated with Samhain? You have the Kaliak, Seridwen, the Morrigan, uh, which is Celtic, and Demeter and Hecate, which are Greek. Okay, right. And I'm guessing you're going to post some photos of that on the socials. Oh, yes. Photos of them. Photos I of that. I shall. I shall. <laughs> some information on them. That'd be cool. Um, all right. This sounds like a story coming up. <laughs> this is my favourite. Do you have any mythologies to share with us? I sure do. Oh, my goodness. You know I love a good story. Oh, don't we all? So I thought in this episode I would dive into the Kaliak. So she is from my own Scottish and Irish lineage. Nice. And I just love the word. Yeah. Kaliak. Yeah. So she's known as one of the great Celtic ancestors. The Kaliak is the goddess of the cold and the winds. Also known as the Veiled One or the Queen of Winter, the Kaliak determines the winter's length and harshness. She's both a divine hag and a creator deity. Mm. And the Kaliak dwells in Scotland, Ireland and the Isle of Man and many places remain dedicated to her within these regions. The Kaliak appears primarily as a veiled old woman, sometimes with only one eye, and sometimes that eye is in the centre of her forehead too. Holy smokes. Her skin is deathly pale or even blue, while her teeth are rusty red. Wowza. Yeah, she sounds quite fierce. Formidable. And her clothes adorned with skulls. She oh, can, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what else is one to wear? And she can leap across mountains and ride storms. Of course she can. The Veiled One is a creator deity that shaped much of the known landscape. Whether she did so intentionally remains unclear. Her tools of creation and destruction include her hammer, with which she's able to control storms and thunder. In some legends, she also controls a well that occasionally overflows and floods the land. 
The Kaliak is neither good nor evil. Her intentions vary from tale to tale. Through her association with storms and thunder, she's a natural and wild destructive force. Despite this, she also cares deeply for animals, both wild and domestic, during those dark winter months. In all three Gaelic-speaking nations, she is the patron of wolves emboldened by winter hunger. In Scotland, she also serves as a deer herder. <laughs> the Kaliak is both ageless and immortal. As winter gives way to spring, she takes a, a, a drought that returns her to youth. In the Isle of Man legend, she spends half the year as a young woman and the other half as an old crone. She's only known as the Kaliak during the latter half. In Ireland, she has seven periods of youth, after which she remains old permanently. The seasonal division between summer and winter, where the Kaliak rules winter, and Bridget is said mm. to rule summer. Okay. So it highlights the association of the two goddesses. On Samhain, the Celtic year ends and winter begins, marking the return of the Kaliak. In Scotland and the Isle of Man, the Kaliak transforms into Bridget during Beltane. <laughs> the Kaliak is also a goddess of grain, a key resource to surviving winter. The last sheath of grain harvested was dedicated to her and used to begin the next planting season from. Like many Irish goddesses, the Kaliak was linked to sovereignty and rulership. Before anyone could rule the land, they had to first garner her approval. While many of the Kaliak's myths have faded from memory, a number of rituals and traditions still exist today. So on Imolk, on the 1st of February in the Northern Hemisphere, so for us in the South it will be on the 1st of August, it is said that the Kaliak runs out of firewood for the winter ahead. And the Isle of Man tradition, she transforms into a great bird and collects firewood in her beak. In Ireland and Scotland, she collects firewood as an old woman. If she wishes for winter to last longer, she makes the day sunny and bright for her search. If she accidentally oversleeps, the day is stormy and grey. So tradition states that if, so for us on the 1st of August and in the north on the 1st of Feb, if the day is grey and wintry, winter will be short that year. Hmm. And if the day is bright, winter will return due to her preparation. So in the United States, this tradition was transformed into Groundhog Day, removing the Kaliak while retaining the central ritual. Oh, wow. So it was a day where people would actually, yeah, watch the weather and yeah. see if they thought, yeah, like is winter going to end soon or is it going to be yeah. like long and drawn out? What's it going to have in store? Yeah. So oh, there goodness. is so much to the Kaliak. Um, I could have rambled on and on and on and on. Yeah. But I will leave it at that for now. So if you're intrigued by her... Um, yeah, jump online and do some Googling. And also that book that I harp on about all the time, <laughs> um, If Women Rose Rooted by Sharon Blackie, mm -hmm. has an amazing part in that about the Kaliak and about how she formed the locks and the mountains. And, oh, beautiful. And also her association with a male um, deity that's her other half. Okay. That's a whole other episode. Is it true? Yeah, it's cool. I could sit here like right now and listen to it all. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously were familiar with her for a while. Yes. Um, I certainly haven't been. But when you were describing what she wears, mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's a Halloween costume. It is, yeah. I wonder how much people drew inspiration from that. Yeah, true. 
And there's also other mythologies around her too because there's so many versions, I guess, between all the regions, yeah. um, you know, between Ireland and Scotland and the Isle of Man. Uh, there's another story about her appearing to um, like young princes as the the hag and trying yeah. to seduce them and if they can see past her her um, veneer Appearance. That when they kiss or whatever that um, she becomes the maiden wow. and like bestows them with everything they need kind of thing. So wow. it's like all these different myths and legends around her. It's, yep. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's cool. Yeah. She's powerful. Up until you were describing what she looked like, I was picturing Elsa. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's the the maiden version. Maybe the, uh, yeah, or the Disney version. The Disney version. Exactly. <laughs> that was beautiful. Okay. So what kind of rituals would you recommend for our listeners to do to connect with the energy of the Samhain? So as we discussed before, creating that altar and incorporating mm. all of those personal items to invoke uh, the essence of your loved ones and those memories. And another really beautiful thing to do is to set a place at the table for them um, on the night of Samhain to have a beautiful feast with your family or friends and serve them a meal and a glass of wine just like you would have in life. And while sharing the meal with your loved ones, talk about them and share stories and memories. And they honestly love us doing this. <laughs> and as a side note, one place at the table is enough for all of your ancestors. Oh, so you good. don't need to like have a meal per dead relative per because that would be very expensive and very wasteful. <laughs> so it's the symbolism yep. more than anything about having that place set and reserving a seat for them. Beautiful. Uh, and then afterwards with that meal, it's up to you what you do with it, but I personally don't feel right eating it. So yeah. we usually put that in our ritual fire as oh, well. Oh, okay. Yeah. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, the smoke and the yep. flames takes it into the ether. Just offering it up. Yeah, yeah. Rather than like binning it, which yeah. I feel is a bit meh. Wasteful. Yes. Mm. Um, so we do this next ritual every year and it is so powerful. So gather items that you know your loved ones would have enjoyed in life and create your bonfire and then casting these offerings to your loved ones of all the things they would have enjoyed in life, such as tobacco, flowers, sweets, shells, alcohol. For me, it's usually a dram of whiskey for my pop, mm. a caramel crown biscuit and a cigarette for my nan, roses and cake for my granny and some champion ruby tobacco for my grandpa. And I hold the items before casting them, thinking about who it's for and thanking them and remembering them. And we usually talk aloud um, among each other about these things. And it's a great way for our children to learn about these people we loved and they didn't really get the chance to know. So, yeah, yeah it's just a, it's a really beautiful way of sharing stories and connection. And it keeps their memory alive and it keeps our connection to them strong and it honours them in life and in their death. And I find that Samhain is that time of year where you really do think about your own mortality, but also the flip side that our souls and the souls of our loved ones keep going on through time and space and through our bloodlines and it really is magic. Mm. Mm. I... um. I can't help but think of the movie Coco. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, and that's actually coming up as part of our Divine Tool of the Week. Oh, 
But Coco is beautiful. I cried. It is beautiful. My mum told me that that main song that gets repeated, Mm -hmm. she wants it played at her funeral. I was like, can we not talk about, I can't talk about this. Noted. Now let's move on. (laughs) You know what song my mum wants played? Oh, it's morbid that we have these This is not morbid. My mum has like the funniest sense of humour. So if anyone's going to laugh at a funeral, it's my mother. Wow. Like it's a running joke in our family. She just laughs and giggles at the most inappropriate, inappropriate things. She wants that Monty Python song, Always Look on the Bright, the bright Side of Life. You know, <laughs> life's a pit of yeah. shit when you look at it. <laughs> I'm like, we cannot play that. And she's like, that's all I want played is that song. Who are you going to have to do it? Well, they're like wheeling her out of there. Oh, my gosh. It would be funny. It would it would be a send-off. Yeah, well, that's what she wants. Style. That's what she wants. <laughs> it's like the movie Love Actually when, um, oh, God, what's his name? I'm sure it's Liam in real life. No, anyway, he's burying his wife and the song, as per the request of the lady that passed away, is Bay City Rollers, Bye Bye Baby. Oh, oh gosh. Yep, yep. Liam Neeson, the actor Liam Neeson in that movie. I love Liam Neeson. It's a funny one, isn't it? I guess as a Western culture in particular, I think in a lot of other cultures around the world, death is talked about more openly and yeah. celebrated more where I feel like, especially in Australia, um, it's such a short window for grieving. Like people, uh, yeah. like it's too uncomfortable. people die yeah. and they're meant to be buried or cremated within the week, like have yeah. your funeral and it's all neat and tidy and packaged mm. up. And like, that's it. Like you get this one week, like the dead funeral, Done. Done. Move on. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's where Samhain can be such a powerful time. Yep. Um, I understand, you know, people have perhaps rituals of, you know, going to the cemetery or whatnot on birthdays and Christmas and things yes. like that. But yeah, of course. I guess Samhain is not only, it's not just remembering one person, it's remembering all of them. Your lineage. And yeah, your lineage yep. and knowing that you're not alone and that they're all there. And yep. that you are the sum of all of those parts that came before you. And I love that. It's really special. Mm. And last year you did a circle. I was at I it. did, yes. Tracy was there too. Yeah, it was Tracy beautiful. Did it was good fun. Yeah, it was very, um, it, was, it was amazing. It was deep. It, it was, was really powerful. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah, it was beautiful. If I ever get my new studio happening again, <laughs> I will be holding another Samhain circle. Well, we shall need to see on um, Groundhog Day (laughs) what the weather is going to be. On the 1st of August. Yeah. And it's not Groundhog Day. I forget the other name that you said it was. (laughs) It's uh, Imok. Yes. Imok, part of the Wheel of the Year. Of course. Mm. I found that really fascinating to see if winter's going to, which it bloody shouldn't this year. It's rained that much already. We didn't even have a summer. No. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Kaliak. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. We are going to have to get some altars going to honour her. I think so. And appease her. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm. (laughs) Agreed. We'll see if we can sweet talk her. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when I read about the part where she can control floods. Yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder if she's been a little bit pissed off recently. (laughs) We need to do something to really figure it out. Mm -hmm. We'll make a... We'll make it happen. We'll craft something. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Divine Tool of the Week? It is. And this week I'm going to talk about marigolds. Yeah. Which you would have seen all through the movie Coco. Yes. So marigolds 
are not to be confused with calendula, yeah, although many people so use the names interchangeably. Yes. Although commonly known as pot marigold, calendula is different from the common marigold. Okay. Yes, just to clear that up. Well, I'm glad because for me I'm confused because I have often lumped them together. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people have. I know my mother-in-law when I had uh, calendula in full flower was like, oh, you've got marigolds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's calendula. She's like, no, it's marigolds. And I, I was a bit confused too. I'm like, yeah. well, maybe they are. I don't know. So they're completely <laughs> different species. They're from the same um, family, okay. the Astracea family, along with daisies and chrysanthemums. Okay. And they do have that daisy-like appearance. Yeah, and the way they grow, like their leaves and everything are so yeah. similar. So, so they're from the same family, but they're not the same. The same. They're not interchangeable. Same, same, but different. Ah, <laughs> lovely. And you've probably seen um, these flowers depicted in Day of the Dead rituals and offerings yep. and that beautiful Disney Pixar movie Coco. They oh. are the flowers used as an important symbol in the story to guide the spirits um, to the home or cemetery from the other world. Right. So marigolds are associated with the sun, the element of fire, death, prophetic dreams, protection, psychic powers, and rebirth. Awesome. I know. I'm going to go get some more. Same. So Marigold's scientific name is Tagets. I probably murdered that. Oh, go on. <laughs> T-A-G-E-T-E-S. Would that Tagetes? be Tagets or Tagets? Maybe. Tagets. Let's go with that. Yeah. And are named after a prophet by the same name of Tages mm. or Tages. Tages. <laughs> Tages. Tages. Mate. Know. Who taught others divination. A fitting name as marigolds are thought to stimulate prophetic dreaming if placed under your pillow. The common name, however, comes from Mary's Gold, a name originally applied to calendula because of the vibrant yellow and orange petal flowers, which stems from the Virgin Mary. Then after the Reformation, England's Queen Mary. As such, marigolds are strongly associated with the sun and can be used in magic relating to passion, warmth and creativity. So the Aztecs regarded marigolds as a sacred flower, breeding them to create larger, more vibrant blooms. They were used during rituals and other important ceremonies as a guide for the spirits to their altars. In the early 1500s, they were transported to the old world where they quickly spread and become part of many traditions, including the Victorian floral language, in which they mean pain and grief. Oh, Jesus. Or as a way to comfort someone who is grieving. Oh, okay. So not meaning that. Yeah, like it's acknowledging. Being associated to. Yeah, oh, pain okay. and grief. Right. I misinterpreted that when you said it. <laughs> I like, probably oh, said yeah. it the wrong way. No, not at all. It's just <laughs> me being sensitive. <laughs> so today, marigolds are part of the Dia de los Muertos. You can say that so much better than oh, me. Oh, God. Please. On the spot. Dia de los Muertos. Yes. Thank you, Laura. (laughs) Uh, The activities aiding spirits to find their way home. Garlands of marigolds can be strung together and hung above doorways to stop the evil eye from entering the house, Mm. while scattered under the bed will protect the sleeper. Place a sachet. um, They can bring happiness or protection, while carrying the flowers in your pockets is said to bring justice. 
So marigolds can be used in a number of spells, including prophetic dreaming, protection magic, rebirth magic, and as offerings to attract spirits. The perfect flower to add to your altar for Samhain. So is. Yeah. Or any old time by the sounds. Definitely. I just, whenever we talk about something, it was the same when we interviewed Megan and she was talking about her divine tool of the week being cinnamon. I was like, I need some more of that right now in my life. Yeah. I'm feeling the same with marigolds. I know. The humble little marigold is very powerful. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Want to go get I some love more. researching it all. Yeah. I learn something new every week. Mm. That is for sure. And I'm just, yeah, I love um, that I know more now about, especially the movie Coco, like yeah. why they were in it everywhere. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't I aware not, beforehand. I did not realise. Mm. I've loved marigolds and I've been familiar with planting them in our veggie gardens and whatnot because yeah. they draw away the bugs from like tomatoes and, and stuff like That's that, right. much like basil does. They're a good companion. Yes, they? so mm. we've always had them like that, mm-hmm. but I've never had them anywhere else. So yeah. it's so good to be able to honour the plant in such a different and a, a different way. Yeah. Lovely. I'm excited. You can dry them out. Yep. Put the petals under your bed or in... Yeah. If you go on a court, stick some in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you're not the one that did something wrong. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Which you shouldn't be, hopefully. <laughs> Hanging by the door. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Thank you. You're so welcome. And we hope you all have a really beautiful Samhain and yeah. get to spend time with your loved ones both here on earth and in spirit. Yeah. And when we remember them, they are right there. It is that chance, isn't it? Certainly is. Like mm. they, Like the movie Coco says, it's when people stop speaking your name and stop remembering you that memory and that person and that energy disappears which is the whole um, movie of what it's all about but oh gosh it's so powerful it truly is it's so true I'll definitely be setting a seed at the table and I'll definitely be working with um some family names if I don't have some of the objects but I do have many many beautiful objects of my nanny peg Mm -hmm. and then I will yeah, I will be on the lookout for some other stuff that I can gather. Yes. It'll be good. We really enjoy that part actually is thinking about what they would have liked. Yep. And, yeah, incorporating that into that burning ritual. Yeah, mm. that real intention behind it of spending those moments gathering mm-hmm. and then honouring such a beautiful ceremony and ritual. It is. So much meaning. Yep. What Certainly. a beautiful way to live. That's why I love this podcast and opening my eyes up to this world same here (laughs) wheel of the year has a lot to teach us at every every turn absolutely Mm. and it's such such a beautiful guidepost each and every few months to be able to reflect on where you've been and where you're going and Mm. how you're going right now and that sort of thing so it's such a thanks so much for providing this knowledge and this space to do it it's it's truly a treat Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> I live for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, wherever you are, hope you enjoyed it. Tell us what you're doing. Get in touch. Leave us a review or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, a review. That would be great. Cause That'd be awesome. It helps people find us yep. as well. Yep. Um, Five yeah. fat stars if you're feeling generous. Yeah. That'd be cool. And take care. Hope you're well wherever you are. Yes, and we'll be back next week.
Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout-out on the podcast, there's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time, thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven. Bye.